It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Yep. Yep, that's Let's what hear it. <laughs> I, no, I was just thinking that dating is, dating is hard. Dating is hard. For some people. Yeah, it is. It's hard for the best of us, even the greatest amongst us. I include myself. Well, you are one of the greatest. I was us. one of the great daters of our time. Okay. <laughs> I was, and even for a pro. Sorry to take you okay, off the market. I was. No, I'm glad. I'm glad to be off. I had enough. Uh, I was done being single. But I, I do, I do understand. And it, it wasn't so long ago that I, that we were both single and know how hard it can be. Um, and we, I think you would agree that the dating is a lot like sports. Hmm. Explain. Okay. So if you think of dating as sports, right? Something that you train for. I mean, really, let's put it into sports vernacular. You train for it. You prepare for it. You train for it. Uh, you get in the game. You tough it out. And hopefully you win. Hopefully uh, there is a great positive outcome. But if not, it's like how you and I play tennis, you know? Mm -hmm. if we, we don't like losing, no. but hey, if you played it, if you played well, and you were beat honestly. You can't. You, you really can't be that. Um, you tip your hat. To you your can't opponent. be that upset. Correct. So uh, I do get that. I, I do find that analogy to be uh, very worthwhile. I think that uh, dating, preparing for a date, and preparing for dating is like preparing for an event that you are participating in as a sport, whether it's tennis or golf or poker, uh, whatever it is. You have to be mentally prepared. You have to be physically prepared. Yes. Uh, you have to be emotionally ready for yes. that gun to go off and yes. that starting line, and yes. you are taking off. And if you are not, you are not giving yourself all the tools for success right. in, in whatever that And is. that's why we do this podcast. But thank you for agreeing with me on something. Agree. All right. So <laughs> I agree with you there, but I'm going to present a little bit of a, another thing. Because when you say sports, uh, I, I can't help but think of the the former bachelor player in me of which uh, dating may have been a sport and a sport for guys to go out and it's a numbers game hey how you doing hey you know what are you doing later can I have your number great and you come home and you have five phone numbers you don't know who any of them are and you call it one of me oh yeah right I met you at the and so it's a sport and I think that many Men and women, I think, probably participate in this sport every weekend. It's they're, they're weekend warriors in the dating sport, in the sport of dating. So I think that this is something that we should also talk about as it is something that I think many people are involved in. They may not even realize that it is a sport. Okay. I do agree that it is a, a sport for some. I think it is like sports I, we're just it's a different way of framing it i think dating is sports but it is a sport for some it's a game for some it the whole thing i mean look 
yes, there is just like with training and I'm a fitness professional, I'm in the business. So I know all about pain and suffering and what, what goes into becoming a, a great athlete or even just staying in shape, getting in shape, staying in shape. Okay. So there is a degree of, of discomfort, pain and suffering. Not that, that's not to say that dating should be pain and suffering, but I think that people at a certain age, I disagree with you in that I think at least men of a certain age do not think of it as a sport anymore. Where they don't have think, you been? I don't what? think, I'm sorry, I just don't. Have you been to Cafe Roma recently? I, I still think at the end of the day, people want lasting love. I don't think it becomes, unless you are right out of a loveless, sexless marriage, and I mean right out and all you want to do is get laid. Sorry, I really do believe people... At the end of the day, the the win the win for them of the game is finding uh, a partner and right, real so love. Please excuse my wife's altruistic uh, behavior here, because uh, I think that I, I <laughs> think funny. that yes, uh, you know, you need to get out more, and you, you surprise me because you see this and you get hit on when you're out with your girlfriends and uh, at a bar or wherever. And these are not young men hitting on you; these are guys that are out there. And are they looking for love? Maybe, maybe not. They're just looking for companionship and they will feed you what they feel they need to feed you in order for you to come back at them with a, some positive response. And this is how that game is okay, played. Okay, maybe for some, but not for women. Women do not look at it like that. It's not a notch in the bedpost. But you're speaking for all women. I Okay, yes, I am. Okay, good to know. I don't, I just, I'm, I really think maybe in your 20s and 30s, it's, a, it's about conquest and it's about hooking up and it's about how many and quantity, but I don't, I don't think that's the case. You get to a certain age, you don't, it's not that anymore. Okay. All right. So I, uh, you know, okay, maybe we're going to have to tend to disagree here because uh, I am not, okay, uh, it's, I, I find the analogy to be correct in that dating is, should be treated like a sport. Yes. And that you have to prepare you for it. You have to train for it. I I'm sorry you it. do. This is great. That That is a beautiful thing. But dating also is a sport. Okay. It, and and, and that, for that reason, yes. Okay. Yes. It should be. Okay. Go ahead. Continue. No. I'm, you're you're <laughs> interrupting me, so you must have something more important no, to say. No. I was going to say, and if it is a sport, then it has to be fun. You have to keep the fun in it. Fun is relative and subjective. And maybe the people that are treating it as sport are treating it without thinking that it's fun it's just a necessity it's what they it's what who they are it's what they do so they are going to go out to clubs and bars and they're going to hit on women and they are working on the percentages where if i hit on 10 and i get one that's 10 percent, not bad okay and uh if i do better than that that's even better so uh that is a sport uh and i think that when you're, uh, you know, you don't have to be a rock star or an NBA player or NFL or a baseball player to go out and if you're single to have fun at night after your games uh, okay, and Mr. let off Bachelor. some Okay, Mr. Bachelor. Well, I'm just saying that this occurs. This is going on as we speak right okay. now. So I will agree to a point that it's, here's where I will agree with you. It is, it depends on what your goal is. It's all about the goal. What is what do you want? Just you know, you're right. I casual think, sex. Do I you think want that some, just? I think that the goal has to be within you, and sometimes the goal is just companionship. Some of these men have probably gotten out of a relationship many years ago, or a marriage, 
or they've gotten burned and they are done being a sap and they just want to have a good time and they're looking for a good time and they're not seeking forever love you know i think that that's something that you know few people can achieve exactly but, do we have a throw up button yet i want that throw up button because um, okay. i'd like to counter the, that the cheesy schmaltzy music with no not a cow jesus okay. Okay, so so we've we agree on that it, it it depends on the goal. Yes, we also agree that there is preparation involved and training involved, and this okay, is where so let's talk this is where that. we come back around to how to strengthen your game, how, how to, to prepare how, to date. Because yes. I think that people, uh, if you treat it like a muscle, <laughs> yes, uh, it needs to be trained, and this is coming from somebody that does not train his muscles. <laughs> yes, and I do think, <laughs> right. Not well, a lot okay, of I do for the both of us. So I can speak with <laughs> authority do. here. That right. okay. So there's so many similarities to to sports and training and dating. I remember as a marathoner and I've run a few, I've run five. I will say to you that the best part of the marathon wasn't the marathon. It wasn't actually the race. It wasn't the contest. It was the training for it. The beauty was in the training. It was it was the discipline and it was the commitment and it was taking better care of myself and eating better, sleeping more, whatever it took to prepare myself. So you felt to good be, to get in the game. This. this was very important for you to which and it toughens you up and you develop grit, which I think is necessary in dating. And then it then when the you know the gun goes off and it's marathon time, you are in the race and you are running it and based on your preparation and training yes. uh, will help determine how you finish, if you finish. Right. So it is about the goal, but it's also about the process, okay. which is can be just as powerful as, as attaining the goal. And I, I always say that, I mean, as a coach myself, that when you push through the hard parts, it carries over to the rest of your life. And you're better equipped to deal with other challenges, like dating. This is the beauty of pushing yourself uh you know whether it's a spinning class or whether it's training or in sports or in life getting through the hard parts and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today so what we're also acknowledging though is that you may feel you're ready to date but there does need to be some preparation in order for you to get to that starting line yes because i think many people do not do that and they just log online date online go out and meet and date and not really prepare so they're not really prepared for the opportunity whether it is with someone that they may actually care about or someone that they just want to be a companion with for the night or whatever it is but there's ways to train and i think that that is where we are going today that is where we're going that's a good subject is that a good place to go to break, or can we talk more about this? Because I can talk all day. I, I'm very aware of that. So I want to talk. Well, there's one more thing I want to talk about that I think, or there's a lot about about grit and toughing it out and having a thick skin in the dating world. Okay, and and why instant gratification is the natural enemy of all that. Which question are you going to answer first? No, I'm saying 
<laughs> I'm saying that the, the, the qualities that you need to be a good dater, okay, are in, are the, the, the what am I trying to say? That, that instant gratification is the enemy of all that. So it goes against everything that you need to be equipped with as to, to be single in the dating and world. Instant gratification is something that people get when they go online and they swipe and they're doing things to find somebody that is liking them. And that is instant gratification. It's an ego gratifying right at that moment, which I think is yes. probably detrimental and yes. to the process. And, and if, if dating is a muscle, it's also a callus. Okay? It's All a right. callus that needs to be built up. Softened or built up? Built up. up. When I get pedicures, okay. the gal always wants to take off my, you know, my calluses on my feet. Right. Is this too disgusting? Is this TMI? Not yet, but getting there. Okay. And I say, no, don't take them off because I need them. Because oh. I, I play sports. I play tennis. I don't want to have that. My, I need those calluses. And this is how I feel about dating. You need okay. some some sort of calluses. And I think that, and we're going to get into the instant gratification thing. We will. And we are going to go to our first break. Okay. But we have a, a very interesting guest that will be coming on. His name is Gary Collins. And uh, we will bring him on as soon as we come back. So we will be right back. And we are back. So our guest today, Gary Collins, has a very interesting and unique background that includes military intelligence, special agent for the U.S. State Department Diplomatic Security Service, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Gary's background and expertise brings a much-needed perspective to today's areas of simple living, health, nutrition, entrepreneurship, self-help, and being more self-reliant right on. He holds an AS degree in exercise science, BS in cr criminal justice, and an MS in forensic science. In addition to being a best-selling author, Gary has taught at the college level, consulted and trained college-level athletes, and has been interviewed by CBS Sports, Coast to Coast AM, the RT Network, and Fox News. His website, thesimplelifenow.com, and the Simple Life book series, his Total Lifestyle Reboot, blows the lid off conventional life and wellness expectations and is considered essential for every person seeking a simpler and happier life. Welcome, Gary, to Done Being Single. Welcome, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Okay, so you were listening to our banter, which uh -huh. which it was... It's kind of typical around here, that type of banter. I, I think we agree on more things than we don't, but you do bring up some good points, and hopefully Gary has some more thoughts on the subjects. But first, I need to... You have such an interesting resume, Gary, and I guess we were thinking outside the box when we thought of you for this episode, because I've been wanting to do an episode on sports and dating and dating and sports for a while and i read an article in better after 50 called forget the dream board you need to do the do board uh -huh. and i thought yeah. it applied to dating i mean we may be crazy but i thought there was there's similarities so but you have this incredible very diverse resume i need to ask you people who are unfamiliar with you and what you do what is the simple life tell us every little thing about it Oh boy! Um, okay, maybe how not long every little podcast. Thing. Okay, maybe not every little thing. <laughs> well, I started off in uh, the primal and paleo health world as a consultant working with clients. Well, as I kind of evolved in life, 
and what I was doing to include building the house off the grid, live in my travel trailer. I'm very nomadic. I run my business nomadically. It took a turn. You know, I health was my passion, but I realized that, you know, I wrote the book going off the grid about my project and that kind of spun things in a different direction. And that direction was the simple life because that's what I kind of realized. What I was doing was teaching life simplification. And health was is and still is the cornerstone of it. But it was getting a little confusing in the messaging and the website and all that kind of good stuff. So I changed it. And it's about basically how I've evolved in this pursuit of kind of getting away from everyday life in America as we see it. Um, I just... I felt almost trapped and I know a lot of Americans kind of feel the same way. I just didn't feel like I wasn't happy with where my life was going and I'd done everything by the book, right? I'd done everything I was supposed to do, went to college, you know, got the job, my dream job that I thought, you know, that I wanted and, you know, got myself in debt and bought a house that I didn't need, you know, all the things that we're, we're taught to do. So what I do is I use we're working with clients in my own personal knowledge to write books based upon certain subject matters that relate to simplifying your life. And that's where it all evolved. That's why I have the simple life book series and the going off the grid series, even though they kind of tie into each other, but it was a little confusing. And that's basically why I created it just to help other people find, basically find the life they want, Mm -hmm. not what they're told is the life they should live. And that's how I felt. I felt I was told how I should live. And I'm all, well, that doesn't seem right. You know, why can't I live the way I want to live? Long mm-hmm. as I'm not harming anyone. And that's kind of my definition of freedom, which I define in my books is freedom to me is living the life you want and finding the the most happiness you can, long as it doesn't infringe on anyone else's ability to find their freedom and their happiness. That's how I look at it. Did going off the grid relieve you of every one of your stresses, anxiety, depression, worries, whatnot? A lot of I mean, them. just because, you know, the old saying, uh, wherever you go, there you are. Exactly. Uh, it, what it did is I grew up very, very rurally. I mean, I grew up in a town of 1,800 people. Uh, I don't know if you guys, you're in Southern California. I grew up in Lone Pine. Sure, no, little I small. Yeah, up there, Whitney I know, Portals. And I even Whitney. know about Dunmoving. Oh, gosh. Yeah. How about that? You, you do know there. Yeah. <laughs> if you know Dunmoving Pass and all that, right? Uh-huh. So I grew up there, but I grew up actually outside of Lone Pine in a town of less than 100 people. So I kind of grew up this way. I grew up in the mountains. I grew up kind of, you know, free-range kid. You know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have social media. We didn't even have computers until I was older. So it was a different lifestyle. And that's what I remembered, you know, at the time when you're young, you go, oh, God, my parents are torturing me by putting me in this very small place where I don't, you know, I have to get a ride to go see my friends or ride my bike three miles. And we did. And but you look back and you go, oh, wow, that's what shaped me. I mean, that's what made me the person I am. And I had a really good time once I self-reflected because I remember my favorite things were my basketball, my baseball mitt, you know, my football, my dog my bike and my Walkman. That's how far back I go. And you know, that, that was what made me the happiest. And today it's just overwhelming, right? We just, we fill these voids with things, shiny objects. So that's kind of how the off the grid project started. It started a long time ago. I was, it started as just building a place in a remote area 
then it kind of started going a step further and I went, you know, heck, the technology's there. Why don't I try going off the grid? And, you know, it's a modern house. People freak out. It's a small house, but, you know, I have Mm -hmm. plumbing, (laughs) hot water. I have all the things you get, everyone else has, but it just runs off solar. Ah, That's the difference. That is a wonderful thing. Let me ask you a question. What was it like being married to Marianne Mobley? Oh, I know. Everyone always confuses me with that. They go, yeah, they go, because I grew up with Our Magazine and Gary Clark. I'm kidding you. All right. I'm sorry. I I just went for the... No, uh, it's uh, funny, because I did this, not that I did the same thing, but when when I did a little Google search, it was like pages and pages of Gary Collins, the game show host. Yep. Okay. All right. So, sorry. That's okay. No, no, living off the grid is actually a dream of mine. Because uh, when you pay utilities, and uh, we own some property down in Mexico, and, you, and the utilities down there are just off the charts horrible, uh, especially electricity during the hot months. It's something we really want to do is uh, get as much off the grid as possible. So we're just fascinated by that. Anything to add to that? Oh, no, you're, you're totally right. I, it's amazing to me because I don't spend all year. I spend seven months of the year, the good, the good part of the year. Because I live in the mountains, so once it snows and my roads are full, four-wheel drive in the summer. So it's pretty hard getting in and out in the winter, and um, I don't like cold weather as I get older. I'm becoming a wimp. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, I have no utility bills. It's pretty crazy. I don't, I don't get any bills. Yeah. The only thing I have are my property taxes. I, I'm debt-free. I paid for this house as I built it step by step. And the amount of freedom that brings and the stress that it takes off, that allows me to leave the house, right? I don't pay anything. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, if you have a vacation house, well, you're paying on it all year, even when you're not there. And that, that brings about, about a lot of freedom. It's just, it's hard to explain to people who haven't done this or made this move or lived or grew up remotely, lived remotely in small towns. It's a completely different lifestyle. Okay, so that brings me to my next question. If you didn't have that upbringing, and if you didn't, if you don't have that lifestyle, can grit be taught? Can you? How do? If uh, people don't like pain, they have, they avoided it all. You know, all possible. Um, that's my question, and I know we're coming up to the break. And but that, but I just want to know that if someone doesn't necessarily have a thick skin and doesn't necessarily have grit or resilience, can it be taught? It can, but they have to be open-minded and ready for change. It's like anything, any, it's like AA, right? You know, if you're not ready to make the change and say that you have, in a little further, but that you have a problem and you want to fix it, well, you're not going to. You're going to continue living the same life you live and make excuses. And I tell people, if that's how you're going to go about this and you watch these great TV shows that are complete and utter BS about living off the grid, almost all of them, you're going to fail, hands down. This is not an easy life. And if, I mean, it's an easy life, but it isn't. It takes a lot of work and a lot of change because it's outside of society's boundaries today, right? This is not the American paradigm today. This is totally different, different lifestyle. So it can be taught. I've seen people do it. But most of them are ready. I mean, they've hit that point where they're all, okay, I'm done. I need a different life. I want to live my life differently the way I want to. Gary, are you single? I am. Okay. Can you relate what it is you do to dating in any way? Well, that's a good question because as I've gotten older and being single all my life, like you guys were, I just don't 
care as much anymore, I guess, mm-hmm. is a good way to put it. I'm more open of it just finding its way instead of forcing the issue. So, yeah, have I dated during this lifestyle? Sure. But it's hard because I live such a different lifestyle that most women look at me and they go, oh, I don't know about that. I don't understand quite what you're doing. And there aren't a whole lot, a plethora of off-grid living with single women either. So the dating pool can be very small. And then I live in a very small town of yes. less than, you know, right around 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I live 10 miles outside of that town. So, yeah, it, dating is difficult. And I, I've done the online stuff in the past. And I just have no desire to go back there. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm more patient is the best way to put it. I figure if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. That's it. another That's question. It. I have how to develop patience and along with resilience, patience too. We're going to hold that thought and we're going to bring that back uh, when we come back from our break, which is happening right now. So we are going to take a break and we'll be right back with more Gary Collins. And we are back. Okay. So Gary, uh, Mm -hmm. like I told you, I originally found you on Better After 50, which is a fabulous website for people of a certain age. The article or blog was called Forget the Dream Board. You need to do the do board. Uh-huh. And I remember the law. The I remember the secret. I saw the movie. I read the book. And I'm not sure if I did a vision board, but I, I can understand how it it can be motivating. But I also think it can be limiting. And I think you agree. And the yes. whole idea of visualization, to me, is I want to hear more about it as you as it pertains to um, working with athletes. And Mm -hmm. because I do a lot of that as well as an athlete myself, this is like a multi-part typical question of mine. It's like got many, many questions. I mean, parts. So where do I begin? So let's talk about the the do board instead of the vision board. Sure. And that's kind of uh, the precursor. I'm going to be doing a a habits book for success, for life success in the future. It's already slated. I just need to write it. But one of my things I've read so obviously self-help books over my lifetime, many of them. And for me, oh boy, how to unpack that. A lot of them are just straight up BS. Uh, these self-help gurus, you dig into their background and they've really never done anything. A couple of them sold stuff door to door. And next thing you know, they're in their twenties and they start to think they've got this advice to share. And it's just weird to me. I call it false prophet syndrome where we're following the wrong people Mm. for the wrong things. Mm -hmm. And they always go through these typical steps, right? You need, you need to have a vision board. You need to visualize yourself succeeding. You need, uh, what's the other one? Oh, journaling's a big one now. And they always regurgitate the same stuff over and over meditation, which I firmly believe in, but none of these guys meditate. They Mm. don't, they're full of it. I hear their explanation. I go, They've never meditated. They have no idea what they're talking about. It just, it's trendy. And it's just to sell you something. I've kind of got fed up with it because I know it works. Vision boards are great for people who are procrastinators and don't get things done to going and finding something that's supposed to be positive affirmation and and self-help and get you going to basically procrastinate in something else. (laughs) That's what I call it. I meet these people and literally they have vision boards mm-hmm, all over the mm-hmm, place. That's mm-hmm. all they do. They work on them every day and I'm all, how about you work on doing what you need to get done? How about try that as a vision board? You know? Right. And they just kind of look at you like, what the heck? And in, in visionary techniques are, 
visualization, as you know, Trevor, as a, as a, a trainer and as an athlete, that was meant, that was built for athletes because it's, it's muscle memory. It's your brain doing, doing repetitions through and through envisioning game situations, athletic situations that works for athletes. You can't visualize yourself to success. That sounds great. It's all nice, touchy and fluffy and nerf cornered. It's totally untrue. I call it time in the salt mines, butt in the seat. Okay. Experience. What about, well, what if you're, okay, let me just back up and say um, there was a time and maybe people are still, single people are still told to write lists. Mm -hmm. Write a list of the top qualities or attributes that you want your your future mate to have okay and then post it on the inside of your medicine chest and look at it every day and look at it and think about it and think about it okay and i don't agree with that approach i just don't i think like i said with a vision board that it tends to limit and pigeonhole yes well you also if you look at people's vision i mean if you go there i i was in a group where they were doing this at one point and i did not participate obviously and i left that group shortly thereafter for for riders and it was literally these kind of unrealistic visionary boards too of of things that i just went what are you doing how about you start with the first step you're at step 10 in this visionary board take it back a notch how about we, you know, don't put the cart before the horse here. And that's what I find too is uh, goal lists are great, but putting unex what's the best? People tend to use those lists to put unrealistic expectations, which they're ultimately going to fail in. Exactly. And you need to have a taste of success, you know, along with the defeats because the defeats and it, what, what's that famous saying? Um, uh, and it's a great military uh, saying that uh, failure is not an option. Well, I add to it. I go, failure is not an option, but it's going to happen very often, and you're going to have to react to it, and that's what's going to define you as a person, not your exactly. successes. Exactly. And I, I would in- include rejection in that, in disappointment. Yep. Because you get a lot yep. of that in dating. Oh, a ton. And, and that's, how, that's the training. That's where the training comes in, to be able to withstand and weather the disappointments in life and in, in the dating world, because it's going to come, it comes with the territory. Well, and that's the thing the the disappointments people have to learn from those too. And I have relationships that didn't work out. Well, they didn't work out for a reason. That was a lesson. Maybe did I do something wrong? Did she do something wrong? Did it just not work out? Was it timing, wrong circumstances? And you take all that and you look at it and go, okay, you know, uh, the serious relationships I've been in, I was being close to being engaged twice. All that was heading towards, you know, we're heading down that path and it didn't work out. And at the time I was crushed, I look back and go, thank God that would have been a disaster. That would not have worked out, but you're young, you know, and, and love that lovey dovey feeling can cloud judgment and you tend to get lost in that. And I wrote uh, an entire chapter in the new book uh, I'm putting out called uh, financial, the guide to financial freedom. I talk about marriage and weddings and the industry that revolves around it and the unrealistic expectations that they put in commercials. We're bombarded from, what, October until after Valentine's Day with multiple jewelry commercials that tell you if you don't buy your loved one this shiny, glittering object that was mined by some poor seven-year-old kid in Africa, 
and probably died during the process, well, you're not showing your love correctly. I mean, it's, and then, you know, the, the wedding day, you've got to spend, I think the average is 40, right around $40,000 for the average wedding today. Uh, how about you put that money towards doing something else? Well, you could, okay. I have, I have my own (laughs) view of that. Seeing as that it took us so long to get married that, oh no, I'm doing that wedding. Uh, 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 I'm not taking that money and doing anything else with it. I'm having a damn wedding since I waited 51 years. Yeah, Yeah, but that's different though too, because most people I'm talking about are young people who are already in debt and they just pile it on. So the wedding's just another pile. Yes. Yeah. Literally. Okay, stop that. Okay, Gary, I want to know, tell us about your, let's get off weddings for a second. (laughs) Tell us uh, about your experience working with athletes. It was very rewarding. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I did come to a crossroads and I'll still consult with athletes if they come to me. It's just fun to shape and see them succeed and see them move on to a higher level. But for me, I'd done it for so long and I'd worked, gosh, even when I wasn't doing it as a profession, I trained people probably from early 20s on. Did it for free a lot or did, you know, did swaps and traded stuff. It, it's very interesting because it, it, training an athlete is very different from training just an everyday client. Because you can totally, you shift into, into, shift the gears, right? Because you're all, okay, we can't go through our normal, you know, lose weight routine. This is about getting better. And for me, it was mainly, uh, you know, speed and strength. That's what we were working on. And just the challenges of trying to think of creative ways to keep them motivated too. Because, I mean, athletes, we, we work out all the time. And sometimes you can go into that you know, mode of groundhog day, you get into your, your training routines and you know, you kind of tire them out. And that's what I loved about working with athletes is we're always trying to change it, always trying to make it interesting and exciting, you know, and days, you know, when you could get, get the athlete to throw up, (laughs) not on purpose and they would and you go, wow, we did good. Didn't even know, you know, even the athlete will come back to you and go, that was a killer workout and they're over there, you know, lunches over in the corner on the grass there. It's exciting. I, I really, really enjoyed working with athletes. I would have loved to have continued doing it. But like I said, my life and everything I was doing was kind of going in a different direction. So I let my calling kind of find me and my life purpose. My life purpose is teaching outside of just athletes. So, okay. And we're going to break. We do have to go to a break. So hold that thought. Okay. And we'll come back with more of Gary Collins. And we are back. Okay. We were talking about the law of attraction. Gary mm-hmm. has some thoughts. I have some thoughts on it. Gary, you were saying, maybe not for you, but for average Oh, people. no, no, no. In, in visualization and meditation, like you were talking about, for me, I love, love them both. But I think they're misused in the self-help world. Like I said, I think they're, they're trendy. And I think a lot of the people teaching it don't understand it. Visualization for success for because usually they use it in in the area of being financially successful, right? I like visualization for being a better person, doing the things I need to do. I like meditation to quiet my mind, to clear, to get clarification. That's what I use it for. Like I said, I don't think these people even understand the process of that. I 
fully encourage people to use visualization, but primarily athletes, because that's where I have found it to be the most successful. Visualizing yourself to be a millionaire sounds great. It doesn't work. <laughs> it just okay. you can't visualize um, yourself so, to be a millionaire. But you can teach someone how to visualize the process of improving. Yes. And, and seeing themselves, maybe not achieving the goal per se mm -hmm. of, I don't know, name it, a, a car or a, a marriage partner or something. But I incorporate visual, uh, kind of a high performance sort of visualization, meditation, in that I see myself doing the thing, not achieving the thing. Gotcha. I will sit on that couch and for 10, 15 minutes, I make in some however many minutes of that meditation, I actually see myself doing the thing that I want to achieve. And I got to tell you, it has helped me a lot. And I would say it would it could really help a single person, maybe not seeing themselves uh, with, you know, getting the ring, but seeing themselves going through the dating process uh, with ease and with, you know, poise and with a level of, um, you know, detachment, the things that I, that a single person should be exercising those skills. To me that if you see yourself doing it, why not? I mean, it can only help. Yeah, I guess I'm more of a doer. I'm more of a make the mistakes in the field guy. And that's probably because of my background. Um, you know, I did many tasks and we, they were live, they were either live or simulated close to life. You know, that's why we did tons of simulations training in the military and law enforcement because nothing works better than doing and, and making those mistakes while practicing and then learning from them, then doing it again. And then you throw in visualization with it. It's a tool. What I think what's happened is people are using visualization as the crutch that all they need to do is visualize it and it will happen. And for dating, for me, it's about dating. You go out and you oh, yeah. date. No, no, it's it's yeah. the doing. Absolutely. But I, I just add in visualization as a you know part of the package of tools that you can use yep. for your own personal development and, and self-improvement. And as a trainer, my job is to get people to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that is an issue for a lot of single people. They are, and this is where the instant gratification comes in. A lot of people are unwilling yep. They hate it. They don't like it. It's foreign. It hurts. They don't like being uncomfortable. They don't like putting themselves out there. They don't like risking rejection. Um, and so I guess my question to you as someone who's been in the military, knows a thing or two about pain and suffering, <laughs> how do you get people to get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Again, it's by doing, getting out there and letting them know that any any positive change in life that you, you attempt there's going to be pain involved. It's uncomfortable. And, and once they realize that, because I think a lot of people expect the easy button, that they just need to ask for it or think about it and it will magically happen. And I go, no, there, there's going to be suffering involved. That's how you better yourself in anything. You know, you, you always fail or suck at the thing you start to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like being a writer. I did not go to school to be a writer. You know, I had to learn on my own. I had to take courses. I had to write. I had to put books out, take my lumps, and I'm still learning. I have not anything close to figured it all out. But through that, you know, I tell people, 
even if, especially exercising, I know, Trevor, you know this, someone who's never exercised in their life, which is becoming more and more common in today's society, people have never done anything athletic and they're in their thirties and they're a hundred pounds overweight. And you're like, Oh boy, where do we start? And I go, you're just going to have to realize you're going to suck at this. <laughs> you are. And it's anything new that you start. No one gets it right out of the bat. You think Michael Jordan was a great basketball player the first time he picked up a basketball? No, he got cut from his high school team, for God's sakes. And ended up being one of the most prolific, well, players of all time. Some arguably say the best of all time. He stunk when he first started. He wasn't any good at all. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, I try and teach people is you have to get ready to suck. You have to be prepared for that. But you learn from it, you get better. Mm -hmm. And and it is getting harder today. But I, I, there's also a group of people out there that are hungry for it. They're hungry for that change. They want to do better. They don't want to just live a life of perpetual debt and misery where it seems to be going today. Yeah. They're trying to figure it out, but they just don't know where to start. Yes. I would say that, and I think I read something that you had written about finding your purpose I mean, a lot of people say, oh, you got to find your passion, find your passion. And yes, I get that. And I do agree. But I think more than that, more meaningful for that than that is finding your purpose. And even more meaningful than that is finding something you want to get better at. That yeah. to me is where it's at. Find something that you not just dig, that you want to get better at. My fear for single people especially those, you know, maybe a little older, is that the game, as we've been talking about for the past hour, uh, the sport is wearing them down. It's, um, you know, just like old tennis players and old athletes, like I am. You know, we're like broken down old athletes. We've been out there single in the dating world. How do you stop from becoming cynical and so down on the process if you're not if you're not achieving if you're not getting your metrics or if you're not having uh success i don't know for me i'm a little different i'm pretty hard-headed i don't give up easily <laughs> so i tend to just continue to torture myself until i figure it out or until i realize well this just isn't going to work it's about self-improvement in anything is a lifelong endeavor I think that's a point people are missing too. They're chasing, they're chasing these golden carrots that don't exist. They think that once they get to this stage or they find this person that it's, that's it. You know, I find my love of my life. That's it. I just, I don't have to do anything else. Well, no, 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 no. Relationships are hard before and after marriage. Dating's hard. It's always hard. You know, friendships are hard. They're work. Right. You know, that's just the way it is. And I think people have missed that point. They've watched too many Hallmark Channel specials of, you know, B actors uh, living out stories that don't exist in real life. <laughs> uh, trust me, my mom watches them to death and they drive me nuts. So I think that's probably it for me is that I just understand that life is about improvement at all times. It never ends. I'm with Gar you, brother. Gary, we have a, a minute left, but uh, real quick, uh, talk sure. about recognizing opportunities. Well, opportunities aren't always obvious, right? You know, like what I do now. And I never intended to be living off being a writer, but it was an opportunity that came to me through the hard work of other things I had done. And I think opportunity 
comes with, again, pursuing, learning, driving for that, figuring out what that life purpose is, and then that opportunity will occur, and then you got to take it. That's another thing. So Okay. Well, Gary, this, is, this hour flew by. Tell us how people can find you online. Because <laughs> you if, can't if, find if, them if, on the grid. Yeah, you can't find them on the grid, so where can they find yeah. you? Yeah, well, and I don't use social media a whole lot. I don't use Facebook at all anymore. Smart. My website's the best place to get a hold of me, which is thesimplelifenow.com. Don't go to The Simple Life because I think you'll end up on Nicole Ritchie and Paris Hilton, maybe old website. I don't <laughs> know. know. Didn't realize that when I created the name. Thesimplelifenow.com. Uh, now.com. And all my books are sold on Amazon worldwide. They're, they're pretty much everywhere. Okay. And you can find us at trevinrobby at dunbeansingle.com. And we welcome your questions, comments, and issues. Gary Collins, thank you so much. This has been a very rewarding hour. And honey, I love you. Yes, and love you. And uh, let's, you know. We're done being single. We're staying tough. Yes, hang tough. Okay, married, single, we're tough, and we're in it to win it. Right on. All right, All right. everybody. And we'll see everybody next week. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single. <laughs>